Hi there, I'm Jake. Hi, I'm Krista. Uh, what do you know about DCOMs, Krista? Nothing. I watched uh, High School Musical and, and oh. Camp Rock. Oh, yeah. That's about it. <laughs> and I watched all of them. <laughs> all of them? Yeah, it was like an event in our house. <laughs> so join us for a DCOM deep dive where we're going to watch and review every single one. This is DCOM number 15, Alley Cats Strike. Or Alley, is it Alley Cat or Alley Cats? Alley Cats. Okay, I wrote down cats and it just occurred to me that maybe I've been saying it wrong. Alley like, Cat. I want to look at a poster and be sure. Meow. Wait, it's Alley Cat. I don't know. Yeah, Alley Cats, plural. <laughs> it's Wikipedia confirmed, so you know it's true. Wow, what a start we've had. Uh, it premiered on March 18th in 2000. And I thought that was weird because it is a fall movie and there's a ton of like fall leaves and everything, but it premiered in March. So. Well, it was shot uh, September through November of 99. Yeah. Well, they should have aired it in fall. I don't think any kid noticed that. <laughs> I didn't. I was like, oh, cool bowling movie. I'm sure they played it at other times besides March 18th, 2000. Yeah. yeah but I just, it's a, uh, you know, it was... Kids don't notice that, do they? <laughs> do they think like, oh, wow, it's that time of year again. This movie okay, occurs at this time. High School Musical 2 specifically came out in summertime, and that yeah. was a whole thing. Yeah, but that's a prominent part of the movie. It's like summer break. It happens break. all the There's time in movies. There's about summer break in it. There's no like, wow, it's fall, everybody. This is part of the plot. <laughs> they were wearing jackets, okay? <laughs> yeah, but it's not really part of the plot. <laughs> all right, what is the plot, Jake? <laughs> Uh, all right. Alex, Alex's dad runs a bowling alley. It's not doing so hot. They live in the city of, gosh, I keep getting confused. East Appleton, uh-huh. right? They live in no West Appleton. They live in <laughs> West Appleton. And guess what? Their longtime rivals, East Appleton, and them are going to combine and be one big city. Which means the schools are going to combine and be one big city. And every year they compete through all their sports to earn this trophy called the Big Apple. Well, they're all tied up in West East Appleton. The <laughs> I'm bad, never going to get it right. The bad Appleton there we gets go. to decide what the sport is. And guess what they pick? Bowling. 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 Well, the only people who can play on the bowling team are the ones who signed up at the beginning of the year, which are our four uh, characters who we've been introduced to. And suddenly, Wonder Boy Todd McElmore, who's good at every sport, he was signed up as a joke. Thank God we have Todd. That should have been the like what the characters the slogan, were saying. yeah. Well, anyway, they, they aren't happy. The kids aren't happy. No, Let's they, be clear they about like, that. They don't like Todd. No. They think Todd's a cocky jock, and he is. He is very cocky, but it's kind of earned. <laughs> so that's the gist of the plot. And throughout the movie, the stakes keep getting higher and higher. Like at first, it's like, hey, the winner gets the big apple. Hey, we got to trade apple pies and apple cider because that's what our two towns make. Hey, we're going to rename the middle school or the junior high to forever be named after one of the cities, the winner. And it just keeps getting higher and higher. There's going to be a parade for the winners. Whoever wins, they get the parade. And spoiler alert, guess who wins? The good Appleton wins. (laughs) Really, this movie is about um, Todd... Macklemore needs to learn to like have some fun and Alex who likes to bowl the bowling alley needs to realize it's okay to play for to win is basically what's happening and so these two characters meet they they trade the best of their traits and that's it 
Okay. Yeah. So there's a summary. Any memories of this one? I looked up, uh, I found a, a promo from like, it premiered the next day, but not really. It came on a lot. Yeah. It came on a lot, a lot. I remember seeing this one the day after it came out for some reason. Oh, really? Yeah. Or like, I just remember it wasn't the very first showing and I was disappointed. It was like Aww, the second or third. Wait, wait. But no, we always loved this one. Everyone did. Everyone did, watched this one. Did you become a huge fan of bowling and play bowling for the fun of it because of this? I don't know that I understood the messaging, really. <laughs> it's not about understanding the messaging. It's about, did you want to bowl after this? Yeah, they made it look fun. Okay, there you go. They made bowling look fun, and all the kid characters were fun. And it was just like, <laughs> all right, dude, this is cool. I was very sad. Not sad. I don't like bowling at all. It is one of my least favorite activities. You and, and Jim Gaffigan. And I just like, I guess going into this, I was like, oh, boy. We have to talk about bowling, but I loved this movie. This one was great. Oh, yeah. It was so good. Oh, yeah. I I remember it fondly. I've watched it multiple times as an adult, so I knew what I was getting into. I knew, you, I knew you'd like it. I was going to be surprised. <laughs> okay, so some fashion. Okay, I don't know how to describe his hair, but he has very voluminous, like, bang, floppy bangs, but it's, like, very a lot of volume on the top of his head, our main character does. I think Sean from Boy Meets World yeah. in the earlier seasons, if you know what I'm talking about. Or Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I'm sure there's a name for that haircut. I don't know what it is. Um, lots of barrettes, cardigans. Okay, one I wanted to point out is the cheerleading uniforms. Um, their cheerleading uniforms looked a lot like what I wore when I was a cheerleader in seventh grade. They were very similar. But they weren't like the popular um, cheerleading uniforms because how our school worked is whatever the high school had already used in the past is what the middle school got. So we were using like cheerleading uniforms from a long time ago and they had these big, huge pom poms. They were like huge, Jake. So big. And they, they had the same pom poms in this movie. That's why I'm bringing it up. And and then it got like really popular to use these like tiny, tiny baby pom poms. And so we were like really embarrassed about how big our pom poms were. Did it say um, the high school's name since you weren't at the high school? Like, did it say, you know? Oh, I, it might have said I mean, it might have just been red and white. Oh, OK. Yeah. So but our high school, I, I mean, if it had said the mascot, it might have been a problem, but. Argonia. I mean, when you graduated middle school, you literally went to a different part of the building. Yeah. For school. Exactly. This is a tiny, tiny <laughs> Exactly. Town. This is pretty typical of Kansas. There's so many baby towns. There are. I thought we had baby towns in Alabama, but I mean, they're, they're there, but not like here. Yeah. Not like here. So long sleeve shirts with the stripe down the sleeve. The jazz cup made an appearance again. Woo! Uh, these like... There was a lot of these no sleeve shirts, um, like no sleeve hooded shirt over a short sleeve shirt. There was like a no sleeve fleece jacket, um, which now they're kind of the puffer jackets. But back then it was fleece. And I had multiple fleece. What's fleece? Fleece is a fabric. It's kind of like felt. It feels kind of like felt, okay. but it's I, not felt. I was never sure. Yeah. <laughs> and then... uh. Todd, which is kind of kind of the all-star sport kid, he had jeans with a million pockets, cargo jeans, I don't know. And 
cargo yellow pants and cargo red pants. Very baggy pants. Tons and tons of pockets. Ugh. So baggy with pockets. That's the way it should be, people. Yes. And I just wanted to point out that when Todd comes in and is cool, and and when Alex comes in and is cool, they both have sunglasses on inside. Yeah, of course. That shouldn't be. Was that cool? (laughs) It's just sunglasses. But inside, Jake, inside. I know lots of people who did this. Why would okay, I remember people doing this, and I remember thinking, you can't see. Bro. Yeah, I mean, it's like the people. We were probably too young for this, but you know, when you watch older movies and they all have the colored sunglasses, uh-huh. like the blue or the really yellow ones, it's like, you know, that's going to ruin colors like for the whole day. <laughs> and then when you take it off, your brain's going to be like, and you're going to see the opposite colors. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. People do dumb stuff for fashion all the time. I remember one of my friends, uh, when we were at summer camp, he did this. He wore his sunglasses all the time, including at night. And he just became known as the sunglasses kids. Everybody at camp, people we didn't know, would call him sunglasses kid because he did this. And even by that time, which would have been a few years after this movie, it was weird. So I mean, I would do it as a teenager on what? purpose. Yeah. So like, it'd be nighttime and I'd pull them out. And then start wearing them because I thought it was funny. Yeah, but you did it as a joke, not yeah. because you thought it was cool. Yeah. And when you start doing it as a joke, the cool people can't do it anymore. <laughs> They're like, oh, shoot. Well, you got to wait a couple years before it's a joke, I think. I guess so. I just, I always saw it in movies as a kid or saw other people doing yeah. it. And I was just like, this is so un- unpractical. But that's me. That's yeah. my brain. I'm very like, that's not, that's, that doesn't function well. I'm out. <laughs> Okay, let's get into the movie a little bit. Yeah, Todd McLemore, he sucks. Yeah. That's sort of the gist we get from our heroes right off the bat. Todd, the golden boy, he might be good at sports, but he sucks. Yeah. And and they don't give a reason why. Yeah, I think they just think that everybody is so in love and in awe with him that they're just like, wow, he's so amazing. I don't know. Did you have somebody like that in your high school that you felt like everybody knew? I don't know. I was just friends with everybody. I was friends with every kind of person at all my high schools. Yeah. I never thought that way. I had friends who would think that way. Like, they're too cool for us. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's so (laughs) stupid. Let's just go hang out with them. And I would, you know, I'd make friends, whatever. I felt like there was a girl at my school that was good at every sport and an incredible, like, like brains, like she had brains. So I was like, definitely like, wow. She's the golden boy or golden girl, I guess. <laughs> uh, I was talking about more socially. You meant like in terms of sports and academics. Yeah, I think we had a few who who did a couple of sports, but not baseball, basketball, tennis, <laughs> football. He names like six. I wrote them down. We'll get to it. But Something that I kind of loved. Well, first of all, I want to say that both leads were so charismatic. They were so adorable. They're just so cute. They're really pretty good actors. Um, and so it's like you you as a watcher don't ever really hate Todd, who's no. kind of the crazy athlete guy. And so he he has some lines where he comes across as, across as cocky or he's like setting him up to be cocky. But I just thought 
he was almost like being funny. It like felt he like totally he was. was being funny about being cocky. Most of the time he was. Yeah. I don't know that I picked up on that as a kid. I think all I could understand was like, oh, he's the cocky sports guy. I'm not supposed to like him. Right. And I don't know if that was the intention of the movie, but that's how it felt to me. Because it felt like, uh, like, for instance, Alex told him, wow, you're good at this, this and this. And he would be like, well, you forgot about this thing I'm good at. Yeah, he'd kind of like smirk to himself. (laughs) Yeah. And it was really cute and funny. Like, I don't know. Yeah, you laughed probably as much as you did as you lucky dog. You yeah. laughed a lot at this movie. I don't know why. It was something about him being so cocky, but in a funny way that, and they were just so charming. I loved it. I love cocky characters. <laughs> yeah. um, they're just, they make for phenomenal stories and they're very entertaining and they feel safe to me because I don't have to know them. Yeah. You know, like True. in Harry Potter, I love everything about Gilderoy Lockhart. <laughs> He might be my favorite in the entire series. He's the worst. Yeah, because he's so cocky and it's so not earned. <laughs> and it's so funny. I just hate, well, I hate him. I didn't hate this character, but I hate him because he's always, he's like literally stealing other people's stuff. Yeah, he is. He's no he's good. horrible. He's no good. Todd is a good guy. He it's, is. It's shown clear over and over. He's just a good guy who everyone likes. He's, there's nothing wrong with Todd in that sense. Yeah, even when, so they kind of stumble upon the bowlers, like Todd and his friends stumble upon the bowlers kind of early on, and the other basketball players are like, look at those weird guys. Hey, it's the strange dudes. You come into the game, (laughs) strange dudes? I wrote that down. Yeah, Yeah, that's the exact quote. Hey, strange dudes. (laughs) Yeah, and And Todd's like trying to be cool. Yeah, he kind of makes fun of, but not really. It's really the others, and he almost stops. Uh, like the girl, uh, Delia. Yeah, she's one of the main four at, who bowl at the bowling alley. Yeah, so one of the nerds, she kind of challenges, um, one of the basketball players to a game of horse, and yeah. the Todd is just like, "Don't do that, man." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, he's like, "Maybe I should beat you at basketball," is what he says, and she's like, "Oh." Do you want a math, 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 math horse? <laughs> yeah. That's what she says. She says a bunch of mad terms and it's like, girl. Like I she's don't know. figured out the exact perfect formula to uh, beat him in horse. It's so funny because as a kid, you hear that and you're like, wow. And as an adult, you're like, no one can do that. Yeah, no that's how like, it works. The vector force on this basketball. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned this before, but the this is true. This was me in high school. Okay. Uh, I wanted to take physics so I could be better at pool. No lie. <laughs> and so I was thinking, oh, they will show me this, the strategy to be. A- <laughs> so these movies set you up for failure. <laughs> to get the right angle and the right amount of force and the right amount of spin. And I'm going to be better at pool because I took physics. And it was like my full motivation for taking physics. Did you pass physics? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't get go. better at pool. <laughs> it's funny because science plays a big part of sports now. Yeah. I mean, it's like an essential part. Like they, I don't know. I think sports science is my favorite part of sports. Yeah. I read an ESPN article a couple of years ago. I've probably brought this up. How the granny shot is the objectively best shot in basketball. Aside from the fact it can get blocked. So for a free throw, it's your ideal shot. Right, right. 
And it's like it has to do with the torque and the angle and like the spin. And it's so much easier. And then when they figured this out in like the 80s, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. No one would do it because they thought it looked dumb. And now a few NBA players do it. Yeah. Just get over yourselves. Make more free throws. Yeah, seriously. And I I remember I just like went out and tried it the next time I was at a basketball (laughs) goal. And I was like, wow, that was much easier. Well, it's funny because I always thought that as a kid, I was I would make granny shots and I'd be like, wow, I'm really good at granny shots. Yep. And it's just because it's actually easier and yeah, more. I don't know what the right word is more efficient. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's because your arc is lower. Uh So when you're shooting up, like you're arcing above the goal. Mm-hmm. And when you're shooting low, you're arcing into the goal. So it's not going to impact the goal as hard. It's not going to go as high, basically. Hmm. And so when it hits the rim, it's more likely to go in than bounce out. Oh, okay. Because there's not as much force. Yep. Well, I really, I okay, at first with this apple trophy thing. The big apple. The big apple. They're both trying to win. And they, they pass it back and forth kind of based on who wins the most events of sports like that year. Um, I actually have some experience with something like this. I was wondering. I was like, surely a town does this. Yes. So at first I was like, this is ridiculous. This, and then I was like, wait a second. I, yeah. When I worked in Dodge City, Kansas, um, Dodge City and Garden City, they are two very far Western cities in Kansas. And they are the only two 6A schools in that part of Kansas. Yeah. Like all the rest are in the Wichita area. So because of that, they're basically, they're just rivals. They're like de facto rivals. Oh. And so they had a hatchet game and they had a literal hatchet that they would pass back and forth. And this has been going on for years and years and years. And I don't know how it exactly started, but it was like bigger than homecoming. It would be like the hatchet game is happening. Garden's coming. And it's it's football only. But uh, not bowling? No, not bowling. <laughs> but it was like a huge deal. And I actually kind of loved it. I kind of loved that there was like this tradition. It's kind of like a fun, like, oh, they got it. We got to get it back. Or like, it's just passed back and forth every year. So anyway, it's a real thing. Huh. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like in towns where there's nothing to do, not there's nothing to do in Dodge, <laughs> but Garden City's not much. <laughs> Uh, there's a hospital where Joe Exotic was born. Yeah, I knew you were going to bring that yeah, up. Yeah, of course I had to. <laughs> anyway, those there's not a lot in western Kansas. It's if you drive west from Wichita, mm-hmm. it's just empty, 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 empty. Oh, there's Dodge. Empty, 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 empty. Oh, there's Garden City, and then you're empty for the rest of the state. Yeah, basically. But I think I think that there is a lot of school spirit in those kind of towns because, like... For instance, in Argonia, whenever the basketball team made it to state, the whole town would show up or even for every football game, the whole town shows up. And it's yeah. I know it's not very many people, but it's like very different from like maybe a six day where you're not as connected to the different teams, whereas the whole basketball team was like every girl in school, you know, so I I would go. <laughs> yeah. And naturally, people are going to show up. Well, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I think in smaller towns, because there's less to do, people come up with creative stuff like this hatchet thing. I don't even know know? if it's less to do. I think it's I mean, it is less to do partly, but I think it's they feel this bigger sense of pride because there are less people. I think. Yeah, for sure. I think for sure. People don't want their towns to grow around here. Uh, In Clearwater, they were going to build a Tyson chicken factory. It's a small town outside of Wichita. And they all voted no because they didn't want the town to grow. 
Really? I, I didn't mean, know that, that was That was reason. a big motivation. Another one had to do with the way Tyson treats farmers, I think, oh, which is yeah. apparently not good. I I don't know. Liars don't call me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that was know. but the main reason I know was everyone's like, we don't want this town to be a big town. Really? Yeah, they want to keep huh. it small. Like that would have propelled Clearwater into being huge. Yeah, it probably would have. Huge. Definitely. All that work and then stuff builds around it, you know? Yeah. So well, the other thing they got really right is the radio. Because when what? when we went to, I know, again, would have thought it was fake, but whenever we went to state and like small town state stuff is always recorded via radio. And they you will you will be flipping through the radio at certain points and you'll hear these like like high school basketball games being broadcast on radio, which is the worst form to watch a game on. I mean, there are people who do NASCAR via radio. Which is even worse. Yeah, I mean, literally. (laughs) Did you think it was fake? I mean, I thought there was a time, right? I was like, there's probably a time when this was. It's current. Like, you can still hear this stuff. Really? I mean, I don't turn on the radio anymore. I know. And if I did, if I heard a sports game, I would have skipped it. So I don't know if they even broadcast ours where I lived. Yeah. In the small towns. Yeah, I mean, you know, for the people that can't travel to wherever, but. I could not get over the entire time. This radio station is WWAP. Yep. West Appleton. Over and over, we just kept seeing WAP. Just WAP up there. Which, if you don't know what that means, maybe don't look it up. It's an inappropriate, what, Nicki Minaj song? Yeah. It's an acronym. Anyway. It's very inappropriate, but it it cracked me up seeing that over and over. Yeah, but back then, that wasn't a thing. It was just West (laughs) Appleton. Things get co-opted and changed, and that's the way of the world. It needs to be censored. They need to like go back and censor all Just of it. Stick I was very offended over all of it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think my favorite line early on was Todd's dad is the mayor, Mayor McLemore. And he finds out that it's bowling. That's going to be the, the final competition for the Big Apple. He goes, bowling? Well, sue. <laughs> You're going to sue that you have to compete in bowling? Goodness gracious. Yeah, well, in this whole time, we were pretty sure they were in high school. But then at the very end, we saw... Junior high. Junior high It was confirmed. Yeah, it had like this banner with all their names on it. And it said West Appleton and East Appleton, junior high. So the mayors of their city are literally gambling, betting on whether or not their junior hires are going to win this Apple trophy that they keep passing back and forth. In bowling. Yes, in bowling. I did look this up. Some... Middle schools are seven, eight, nine. I didn't know that. Yeah, but still. Yeah, I know. I know. Because they didn't look like eighth graders, but they could be ninth graders. Yeah, and like the whole time, this is the most important year because whoever wins gets it forever because their schools are about to combine. Right. Which after all the conflict that has happened, this is going to be a very crazy combining of the two schools. Yeah, it just seems... (laughs) I mean, towns around here, so there's always a big deal around Kansas towns when they hit medium size. (laughs) They're like, do we split into two high schools? Because that'll split up sports and then people will have to compete against each other. And oh, no. I know. So we live in the town with the largest high school in Kansas. And it's not that big of a city. They just Mm -hmm. never split. Mm -hmm. So... 
But of course, like you have to imagine the cost of building a new building is right. very intense. Yeah, there's there's a lot to go in it. But it was the opposite too. Like in Argonia, we were so tiny. We really should have combined with somebody. Yeah. And nobody wanted to combine either. But of course, that is a little different because like the town we would probably combine with, like it would be a significant drive, like probably up to 15 to 20 minutes, oh. you know, like it, it kind of depended on where we would have combined. But like people did not want that. You know, in Alabama, we had these towns that were small, not Argonia small. Right. But like they would land between two school districts. And so the school districts would split them. Yeah. And so like if you lived, uh, this is in Alabama, if you lived in Argo, small town, uh-huh. half of the city went to Springville and then like another oh. portion went to Trustville. Oh, depending on where you were geographically. Yeah. And you, so you could be next door neighbors and go to different schools. Like if you were by the dividing line. The the two closest schools to us would have been 20 minutes away to Wellington or probably 15 minutes to like Conway Springs or 20 minutes to Chaparral. So we were pretty like, I guess I'm thinking pretty far in when everything in my own town was five minutes away. Ah. So I, I feel like now a lot of people drive 15 minutes to school, but to us it seemed like, well, we can't go that far. <laughs> I drove 45 in the morning. Yeah, that's ridiculous. All through high school. That's ridiculous. It is what it is, man. Yeah. It's, uh, I guess, you know, different states, different mentalities a little bit. Probably. Not that one's better than the other. And yeah. I went to, you know, like a magnet program. Right. School, that, so that's chose, different. But people it was also traffic. That. It wasn't actually that far. It was like 20 minutes. <laughs> well, I was confused for the longest time why people would always say, well, it's 20 miles away. I'm like, why didn't you just say minutes? Because those are the same. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's funny. No, we always said minutes. Um, so in this movie, there's this recurring restaurant that I got obsessed with. Tony's Lasagna Heaven. <laughs> It appears four times <laughs> in this movie, and they keep going back to like party at Tony's Lasagna Heaven. And I'm just what like, man, these middle schoolers are pumped about some lasagna. And then the sign had like an Italian man in a suit or like a chef costume be like, try our pizza. <laughs> yeah, it was an awesome restaurant. Well, they, they're eating out all the time. I think they get breakfast together like almost every morning. Which is funny because they complain about having no money later. And I'm like, y'all eat out all the time and hang out at a diner. The main four hang out at this diner all the time instead of Tony's Lasagna Heaven where the cool kids are. (laughs) (laughs) Like, y'all don't have any money? Yeah. And it's also, we find out Alex is always like gambling, right? He's like, all right, we're going to bowl and uh, winner or loser has to pay for the winners. But you always win. And your dad charges us to play here. <laughs> yeah. Well, we way. find out that he is not interested in being pro at all. He like says, I'm not interested in being pro. It's and not about that. Yeah. So he he comes across strong that this game is for the fun, not for comp. I mean, it's kind of for competition. I think he likes being good at it, but like it's not really about that. It's for being fun. And that comes into play, too, with closing the bowling alley which is, it's just under financial distress. Right. I mean, literally, there's never another patron there other than the bowling team for all the movie except one scene. (laughs) No one else is ever bowling there, ever. (laughs) Never. I really wanted to drill in your head like, this place is going down. (laughs) 
<laughs> just like you know the the bowling alley in uh, Dodge City. Uh, my my oh, neighbor, gosh. the day I'm moving away, she runs across the street, and she always got my name wrong. She always thought I was Christy. She runs across, Christy, Christy, Christy. You're moving. I didn't know you were moving. And I'm like, I've only talked to you like three times. And she's like, it's just everybody's moving. The bowling alley is going to be closing down. What are we, we going to do? We this woman. <laughs> Every interaction we have with her. So I didn't live in Dodge, but I'd go visit Krista. And um, just every interaction with her was a gem. Yeah. Uh, so we're hanging out. And we get this knock on the door at Krista's place. And we're like, um, who's here? It's her. And guess what? She just, this is how she opens. I knew I'd do it. I knew it was going to happen. I knew it. We're like, what? What did what you happened? do? I backed into your truck. And we were like, what? Huh? What? Why would you start by saying that? Yeah, she had backed. I knew I was going to do it. I had parked across the street from her driveway. And by the way, Kansas streets are beautifully wide. Yes. There's so much space. This There's is, these no are the reason spacious she streets it. I've ever lived around and I love it. Like everyone can park on the street and you still have two lanes. It, they feel like four lane roads to me sometimes. Anyway, yeah, she had no reason to hit me. <laughs> but she was great insurance. But then but then she was like, uh, like she, we were, she had literally backed into your car. Yeah. There was a dent in it. And she's like, well, I got to go because I'm going to, I have to pick up my Walmart order. No, Dylan's. Well, whatever, her Dylan's order. And I got to go right away. And we're like, this is kind of more important. They're yeah. Betty. <laughs> she did give us, we'd already done the insurance, but yeah, it's, it was so silly. Anyway, honestly. a little tangent. <laughs> no, I think this is the kind of small town where Betty might live. Yes. I agree. And she's like, oh, those boys at the bowling alley, they just are doing such great work for bowling. Oh, East Appleton's so wonderful. We gotta save the bowling alley because that's where I go every Tuesday. <laughs> now, we did see the Jazz Cup at the diner. And um, this is when I noticed Todd's friends have their hands on each other 24-7 this movie. <laughs> so I was like, hey, man, they're just like always handsy with each other and like always arms around each other. It's excessive. Yeah. Well, even Alex's friends. So Alex, again, is the bowler. And he has two girlfriends, like female friends, and one male friend. And they're kind of touchy, too. At one yeah. point, he like literally has his arm around the girl. And I'm like, oh, are they dating? They are not dating. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Which is why brings me to my next point. Yeah, you're like, is this his girlfriend? What is this? <laughs> my... uh. I'm feeling romantically frustrated again. Uh, yeah, here we go. I knew, I knew, uh, yeah. Because popular girl keeps showing up. Oh, hey, Todd. Oh, hey, Alex. Let me talk to you. Yeah. Good job. Good luck. No romance. Nope. Why? Also, again, I, I thought that the prettiest bowling girl what's her name elise eloise they say her name once at the very beginning so i don't know elisa. it's kaylee cuoco yeah from big bang theory right elisa she she seems like she's with alex and then she goes to talk to todd and they're just friends yeah and she's like a little jealous when popular girls talking to alex right i I don't know. I think it's appropriate. I think shoving romance in here would have been too much. No, no, no. I, I, okay. With horse sense, I hated it, but with this, I liked it. 
I like that it was just, I know I said I was romantically frustrated. Yeah, I'm confused. I literally yelled at one point, which one of them are they going to (laughs) date? But I liked that it was just friends and that's what it stayed. Yeah, and there's interest, but they didn't explore it, which is fine. That's a normal middle schooler thing to do. (laughs) Oh, man. You ever notice every time Alex and his friends are bowling, they bowl in the same lane? Yeah. Every time. They couldn't do two lanes next to each other. They couldn't do four lanes. No, they do some different lanes. Only during montages. Oh, I was paying attention. Montages (laughs) don't count because they were just trying to make them look cool. But almost every other time they're like, yeah, just one at a time watching each other talking. That's usually how you play a game of bowling, Jake. But if you go to this bowling alley every day and you're the <laughs> only ones there, could you not split it up? Or like, I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, uh, but the montages, Jake, are are great. They're wonderful and they're numerous. Well, yeah, because they're showing that bowling is fun, not just about winning. And so they're like bowling underneath their legs. They're bowling two bowling balls into two different lanes. Yep. They're bowling like... Two balls in the same way. They're sliding down the alley. Oh, yeah. I've got a story about that. Yeah, I've always wanted to do that. Like seeing that unlocked to memory in me. And I was like, I always wanted this part. Yeah. When I was a kid, uh, my parents took me bowling. And this is like, I was probably three or four when this happened. And I still remember it. Because my dad, being a grown human... Sometimes a ball would get stuck in the gutter and he would walk in the middle, you know, and like push it on. Well, I was like, oh, me too. And my parents explicitly over and over told me, don't walk on the bowling lane. And I ignored them and I walked onto it and it was like I was in a hellish nightmare state because it was so slippery. I could not move. I couldn't go forward. I couldn't go backward. I was like stuck, completely stuck. And I think eventually I finally had to like crawl back or get help. And I was like, I am never doing that again. Wow. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) So don't do it. (laughs) Now, eventually, Alex gets invited to a party, like the cool girls party and Todd like. Like, yeah, come on. And they get there and like Todd is being so cool to Alex this whole time. He really is. He's like trying to welcome him into his friend group. And like Todd has been kind of nothing but a jerk in the competition side up to this point because I think he's just frustrated. But he's being cool like as a person. Yeah, I agree. Because he won't take advice from them about bowling. And they show that several times. And he thinks he's amazing and he just needs more practice. He won't listen to them. But you're right. He invites him over. But not the rest of the team. Just Right, Alex. right. That was a yeah. little weird. Come to this party. Alex has a good time. He leaves. Um, he, he's like a wingman. He, yeah. The cheerleader who looks just like the bowling girl. They I thought they were the alike. same person. But she like asks Todd to dance. And Todd's like, why don't you ask Alex to dance? And she does. And he like refuses. So he really is being very like supportive and nice and (laughs) so here is what i really loved and you laughed really hard at this when they're like we gotta save the bowling alley 
what should we should throw a party? What should it be called? And they're throwing around names and the girls like the bowling ball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're throwing around high fives and you reach over and high five me. Or was it? Did you just love the name or how they reacted? Oh, I OK. Because you were laughing pretty hard. I was laughing because of the pun. But also there were a couple times where they just like were high fiving all the time. They were. It was a lot. <laughs> and it was like it's like this very like coming down from above and like high fiving. It's very dramatic high five. So I yeah. don't know. That's why I high fived you because they were high fiving every all the time. I mean, there was a part. So as the movie goes on, Alex gets cooler and cooler at school. And like to show that it's just show people high fiving him in the hallway. Like, hey, Alex. Yeah. High five. The big guy picks him up. Dude, nobody does this. <laughs> Nobody's like, it's the sports guy. Let me high five you. When I was new in Clearwater High School my senior year, I remember I did a like a group project. No, it was some kind of Beowulf project that made everyone laugh. That was entertaining. It was kind of silly. And everyone came and talked to me about it in the hallway. Like, we heard about your project. Hilarious, whatever. <laughs> but like, no one's like high fiving me, hitting and running. They're just like, that sounds funny. Yeah, it's like in the movies, whenever you are really cool or awesome, everybody's staring at you. Everybody's like so invested when in reality, they're way more invested in their own selves than anybody else. I got to say, the party, the opening shot, I was obsessed with. This girl, it's so this, this, yeah, this, this camera tracks this girl and she's center camera. It's very well shot. She picks up a bowl of chips. She starts walking through the middle of the party and people are reaching in and grabbing one chip as she walks. And the by. music's like, it's like super hard party dance music. It's yeah. like, has this interaction ever happened in human history where I'm walking through with a bowl of chips? And I just had to think about, like, what was her motivation? Was she taking it for herself and it people were reaching? Like, was she's like, everyone, come grab one chip. It felt like, you know, in the beginning of maybe a fancy party in a yeah. movie, and it starts with the waiter bringing in a, a platter of hors d'oeuvres and the main character grabs it off. That's what it felt like, but it was just like Lay's chips. <laughs> it was absolutely ridiculous. And I loved, there was a lot of, um, I don't know, MTV style editing in this. Yeah. Right from the get go, like Alex is narrating, which it like starts heavy narration and then none till the very end. Yeah, it's very strange because it's not a narrating movie. It just happens like two times. <laughs> I felt like they had added that later. That really? was not the initial. No, because if you watch the movie, I was thinking if you watch this without any narration, it would be just fine. All the narration just kind of re-explained plot well because they they pause the footage they don't add anything else it's not like Most he's looking time. at the camera and it's like hey my name is blah 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 you know kind of like lizzie mcguire you know yeah where she would like actually narrate stuff but it was like yeah freeze frame i bet you're wondering what i'm thinking right now yeah yeah it, it was weird but yeah. i oh go ahead well i just loved in the beginning how the camera's like shifting really really fast and it keeps freezing on each person and their name pops up i'm like am i watching the real world this is great everything yeah. stole that cinematic style from the real world for well, like a I, decade i felt like yeah it was very edgy at the time and also the um oh what was i gonna say oh there's a scene where they have the bowling ball which is it's kind of their way which again is todd's idea he is very um Kind and is trying to help save the bowling alley. He has this idea to do this party at the bowling alley, and 
they have it. And once they have it to make it look cool, they do these like, it's almost like they turned up the effects on Instagram to like 11. And it's like blurry on the outsides. Kaleidoscope shot. Kaleidoscope. Yeah, yeah. thank you. And uh, like like the fisheye thing. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, absolutely. I don't, I don't know if I said that right. Or like he goes to bowl and then there's like seven of him behind him, like in this this weird shot. It was really fun. <laughs> you know what I felt like they were doing? A lot of cameras back then, like if you bought a consumer camera, would have those kind of settings if you just clicked a button and they were cycling through each one. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, all right, kaleidoscope. Oh, what's next? Black and white. Cool. I don't think they did black or and like, white. Extra uh, blurry. What was that? the one on Apple that they used to have that it was like you and your friends would get together and take a bunch of these shots and it would like it, it was what? like on Apple products was it just iMovie yeah iMovie okay iMovie yeah so I didn't know what you're talking about oh I'm sorry no it's okay I was like on Apple <laughs> I got you I got you uh, uh, I did love uh so Alex is also when this party's coming he's like ah. Oh, we're going to throw a party here, but it won't be real bowling. <laughs> Dad, it won't be real bowling. Actually, he's more cool and chill than that. He's very like, I don't care cool. Yeah. If Brink is like um, relaxing and mag- chilling out, relaxing and maxing cool, Alex is like, I don't care what anyone thinks. I love me. Yeah, he really is like that. And it's so funny because... He's really awkward at the the party he's invited to, but he is so good looking. I don't know why every girl wasn't all over him because he is such a good looking kid. And let's not forget how he's dressed. He's wearing these like bowling outfits that yeah. he said he got from a catalog in the back of the bowling alley. And they all have different names on them. It's yeah. like Ruth, <laughs> man, like it's super funny. And he then gets- he gets one for Todd and it says Dirk. And Todd's like, no, thanks. Yeah, it's like a joke that. Uh, Todd asked him if or maybe it's like have you heard the rumors that I wear stuff from the back of the bowling alley like just stuff that's left and lost and found and he's like it's not true I actually bought them all from a catalog that I found at the back of the bowling alley yeah and Todd kind of rolls his eyes and laughs (laughs) as a middle schooler I would have been in love with him I'm not lying to you because I believe it but not Todd I, I loved I wasn't really big into athletes. I was really into like weirdos, which is, I mean, why our relationship works, right? I guess. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. that kind of like, I don't care what anyone thinks. I'm going to wear this weird shirt because I think it's funny. I would have I would have been all over that. And I would have worn that shirt without a doubt. If I, I had found a shirt that said We're Ruth, perfect I for each like, other. <laughs> that's the one I'm wearing today. That's hilarious. Yeah, I would wear stuff because I thought it was funny or because I thought it was a little weird and out there pretty frequently. So I, I identify. Think, but as this movie goes on, Alex gets more and more in the limelight because he's clearly the best bowler. Like mm-hmm. everyone knows this and everyone in town's picking up on this. And his buddies are like, Alex, you piece of human garbage. How dare you be liked by other people? That's like how they're treating him. Okay, I did want to bring that up because, yeah, this is actually part of developmental theory. So we're getting into this today. Okay. So as an educator, we had to take a lot of like sociology classes, um, child and adolescent development. Right. Where we like learned, uh, yeah, like what people, different people are going through at different times in their lives. and. 
for adolescents, especially in middle school, and this is especially with girls, actually, um, they enter this best friend phase. Right. And so they have this like, this is my best friend. And almost like we're so loyal to each other. And if you have friends with someone else, then you you aren't my friend anymore. And like, you just feel this like very, and I, I remember feeling this, this isn't just a theory for me, but I remember feeling this like intense jealousy when a friend of mine would be friends with someone else. And like, I literally remember like having to grow out of this and be like, okay, just because these two are good friends doesn't mean I'm not their friend. And it, and so whenever I saw this, like the friends are very upset that Alex keeps like hanging out with Todd and it. He's not even really deserting them. He keeps nope. checking back in. He keeps hanging out with them. He doesn't. He's not mean. It's not like that kind of movie. They're just mad because he's hanging out with someone else, too. And I, I kind of was like, yeah, this seems like developmentally appropriate for me. I probably would have felt that way at one point in middle school. Like I can't remember an instance, mm-hmm. but I remember being like, I remember feeling like if my friend had another friend. That I then wanted that person to be my friend too. That's sort of where I came from. Oh, another person I can be friends with? Great. Yeah. Well, and I even remember maybe this part is just me being a girl, but like even in college, sometimes I would think this like, oh, this person's friends with that person. What? I thought they were my friend. And then I had to, I had to be like, no, no, no. We can all be friends. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe it's just me being weird. Maybe it's more of a girl thing, but even the guy, the one guy bowler who's not Alex is still furious. Yeah. And they seem to just not like that he doesn't love bowling for fun. That's the way it's portrayed. Yeah, which is kind of what Brink was about. Yeah. Brink was like, oh, we rollerblade for fun, not to get money. Yeah, you're making money, you piece of trash. Exactly, which is so weird. I remember people talking about that way, about things growing up. Yeah, you just hear like, oh, man. Like, I remember Kiss did, like, a Dr. Pepper or a Pepsi commercial or something, and hearing somebody said, like, they sold out to do that commercial, and I'm like, who? I don't remember thinking anything at the time, but now I'm like, who cares? Yeah. Who cares? I got paid. Yeah. I made a couple of bucks. I mean, they made probably more money on that one commercial than they probably did on a lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, especially with, like, CD sales stopping. Yeah. They have to make money in different ways now, I think. So, yeah. And you still hear like old rockers talk that way sometimes. Not all of them. Yeah. Just some. I kind of get it, but I, I don't know. Nobody can ever stay that pure. And yeah. it's not, it's a false purity because right. you're not pure because you did something for fun. It's not a virtue. Right. True. It's not a virtue at all. True. Yeah, and and even if you are doing something, like, a lot of the times I think my job is fun, but sometimes I don't. Like, nothing is either all fun all the time. Like, I feel like to be good at something that you love, you have to go through the parts where it doesn't feel as fun. Like, piano. I love, love piano. I love playing it, but there was a long time where it sucked because you have to go through the stage where it's really hard. And, you know, a lot of things are like that. Yeah, I think I don't mind Alex, the character or his buddies dealing with it. It's just these movies keep sending that message a little bit. Yeah. However, they did correct it at the end. Alex finally learns it's okay to mm-hmm. do something for sport. Right. And well, I, and it, I love that. It was interesting, too, because 
the whole time, Todd, I thought he was just very socially aware. Like, yes, I don't mean like social justice. I mean, like he knew that people gravitated towards his confidence. And so he would tell people who asked him like reporters or people around town, they'd be like, how do you think the bowling match is going to go? And he would like say to them, it's awesome. We're doing really well. And he would like have just exude confidence. And I just thought that was really interesting that he was so insightful to know that that's really what people want to hear. He was kind of giving it to him. I don't think he was lying. He was just like. No, he's just dialing it up. Yeah. Well, this is where our main conflict really pops in because (laughs) after the bowling ball, and we've all had so much fun, Alex overhears hot girl and her buddies being like, we don't got to be friends with that geek after this. It's just for the bowling thing. We hate him. (laughs) Which is so funny because I thought that was going to be a much bigger deal. And it. It didn't turn out to be as big a deal as I thought it was going to be. I liked that it hurt Alex's feelings, but he didn't turn around and go, Todd doesn't like me. Yeah. Because these other people said this thing. Right. Because Todd was not there. Todd was back inside and being like, the bowling ball was so much fun. It went well. Yeah, He's like, we're doing it again next week. He's it's like, going great. <laughs> yeah, I think had he heard those people saying that he would have been furious. Yeah, and he kind of has this realization that a lot of his friends are kind of just his friends because he's good at sports. And he he like shows kind of his jealousy of Alex's friends because they were with him when they weren't popular. They don't care so much about them being good and amazing at bowling. And he's like kind of turns jealous of them a little bit where he's like, once this is over, you know. Like if I if I lose, I kind of lose everything is what he makes it feel like. Yeah, he gives a speech about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably at Tony's lasagna heaven. Close. At the diner. <laughs> Close. It was there was a Tony's lasagna heaven scene just before this, but no, he Where didn't they're make all just clapping there. and cheering, like yeah, or, slapping him on the back. Well, they got on the radio and they're like, Well, we told Todd that uh, or we told the radio guy Todd's the captain, and like all the bowlers are kind of offended. He's like, I I, I don't care. Pick a co-captain. like, And he can be on the radio, too. Of course, they pick Alex. And so him and Alex are on the radio together. And yeah, the one caller, we're calling from Tony's Lasagna Heaven. We love you guys. <laughs> I loved that. I was like, they had to bring Tony back in this. <laughs> yeah, so I guess because they got on the radio, everybody's very excited about that. So they're all high-fiving and And this cheering. was Alex's Just one cheering. mistake. All the other times he had caught back up with his friends. And he told his friends after the radio interview, I'll meet you at the diner. But he didn't. Yeah. Every other time he did. Yeah. But again, the friends, they're like upset, but this is kind of where Alex decides he's kind of like losing his game. Like he starts missing. uh, Yeah. After he gets his feelings hurt. Yeah. He kind of starts missing. He starts to feel the pressure of all the people wanting him to do well. And he decides to quit. And his friends are really like, they're like upset that he quit. So they never go so far to like dislike him no. or to be really all that angry with him. Maybe like more like frustrated and like he doesn't seem like himself, but they like all want him to come back. Like they all want him to be there. And so. Todd gets him back by going to his house and making a big speech about how like, I want to do this for fun and it's not fun without you. You make this, you made this fun for me, which is really sweet. Yeah, it was like a really sweet moment. 
They're bromance. Yeah, it's a bromance Man. for sure. Or it's Man. a budding bromance. It's the yes. early stages. Oh, they're just both so adorable. <laughs> Lest we forget, we did skip a very fun scene where they go to see East Appleton's bowling team oh, and spy. I mean, we skipped a lot. And spy on them. That was one of my favorite kind of bromancy scenes because the other bowlers are like, nah, and they're like, yeah, let's just go see. Why not? I yeah. loved that. And they movie. hide behind a plant. Yeah. Yeah. And they've got Whipsaw McGraw as their bowling coach. And I love that Todd, he knew the names of every bowler. He's like, oh, no. Katie Simmons from the tennis team. John Stamos from the basketball team. Like, he lists them all John off. John Stamos. He's like, they're all good at other sports. We're going to get destroyed. Yeah, it's just not bowling. But that's how we were in small towns, Jake. Like, I knew. You knew? Yes. I knew, like, the, I don't remember their names now, but I knew they were the top players of every team that and we would go against. You rode your bike to their practice and hid behind a plane. No, but we would talk about them, and we would be like, okay, we're going to all, like, double team so-and-so. And we would say their name, and we all knew who they were. Because we were how? Because we're so small, Jake. But who figured out their name? I don't for know. All these schools. I don't know. I don't know how it happened. But like a lot of people would play. Sometimes they would play rec sports in the summer with these other groups. Oh, okay. So but that's not the only reason. Like we would just know people's names. So I don't know. I think it's some of that small town. It would only happen at the sports we played if there was like an all-star player somewhere. Yeah. And they'd been in the news, and it's like, oh, that guy was in the news. Well, again, Argonia girls, they went 100-0 oh for Jeez. four years. They did not lose a game until sub-state for four years, and they finally won state my senior year. So, like, I don't know. Maybe they just did things differently and would really research each group and really know who the best players were. So We haven't talked about the mayors, by the way. The mayors keep popping up throughout <laughs> this movie. And so does the principal of the junior high. Well, and I love every scene they're in. Let's not forget that one of the mayors is Todd's dad. Yeah. Todd's dad. Is and the it's mayor. the dad from Sister Sister. He is amazing. Yeah. And as always, him. phenomenal actor. And he's yes. he's very uptight. He's very mayorally. <laughs> and he's very got he's just got high expectations for his son. He's like, you're going to win. I know you are. You're the best. Yeah. And the principal's like, well, have fun, kids. Oh, but also win. <laughs> What is that voice? That sounds like the mayor from uh, Powerpuff Girls. Oh, hi there, girls. <laughs> like that? So loud. <laughs> you kind of have to yell to do that voice. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I'm Bubbles. <laughs> I'm Miss Bellum. Could somebody get me an extra pair of trousers? But the mayors keep upping the ante on this middle school competition. And like, first they bet ciders and pies. Then they bet a yeah, parade. Then they bet all of these different things about the school. So I agree. This, the mayors are just ridiculous. Yeah, and they're constantly in the movie. They're constantly showing up to practice or at the school. <laughs> yeah. They're hyper involved. And I love it. Yeah. I love the mayors. I don't know why it was so funny to me. These two mayors are like constantly competing over a middle school bowling game. Oh, never mind. I just explained it. That's why it's funny. <laughs> That's why it's funny. <laughs> well, you also realize that the mayor... Um, Alex's dad was best friends with Todd's dad. Wait, I said that wrong. Uh, Todd's dad was the mayor and he was best yeah. friends with Alex's dad. And they stopped being friends after they lost the apple a long time ago. In a baseball game. Yeah, I thought it was a... No, it was the ninth inning, so baseball. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and he said, um, 
I just always thought he threw a bad ball and he thought I couldn't catch it. But they never resolve it. And we it were there's never no friends. moment where like they're like, oh, now they're balling together again. at the end. It's okay. the beginning of okay. it. Okay. Well, I hope I want a second one of this movie. Of course, we all do. <gasps> there is one, isn't there? No. I thought there was Alley Cat Strike Back. You made that up. There is not. <laughs> There's not. You completely invented this. I'm looking at There is, I promise you, if there is a sequel to this, I will eat, I don't know, a giant plastic banana Alley at your Cat grandma's Strike house. Back. That's not this movie. <laughs> yeah, see, not a thing. If only it was. I want it to be a thing. I would take three or four of these movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would delete so many of these for another Alley Cat Strike. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but, you know, the ending during the big bowling match, we're all like, wow, Alex's mom and grandpa show. Okay, this is really funny because, <laughs> okay, I guess I should let you say it. Yeah, I had thought this was a single dad movie. And I, I remember thinking this last time I saw it, so I'd already forgotten. But he mentions once he's like, and your mom's in the hospital visiting your grandpa. And they're hoping to be at the big game and they show up. And I'm like, why? Yeah. Why is this a plot point? Why have her show up? This is a waste of time. The dad is by himself the entire movie. He yeah. feels like a single dad. Yeah, he does. And he's so cool. He's a great actor. But yeah, the mom shows up at the very end with a terrible haircut and uh, with the grandpa. And at the very end, he bowls with his crutch. He lays down on the ground and bowls with his crutch like a pool, t- like a pool cue. It's probably because he took physics and he's really good at pool. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's the one. <laughs> and of course, uh, the good guys win. But how do they win, Krista? Because uh, you, you predicted this almost bit by bit as we were getting there. I did. Like pretty early, long before we were at the final well, match. I predicted it. I predicted number one that it would be a split shot. What's a seven ten split. Yeah, a seven ten split. Uh, the two farthest bowling pins away from each other. The hardest split. To get. And at first, I thought that it was going to be Todd who does it because he was having trouble with it. But then the the like kind of most nerdy who's not super good at bowling. She's just on the team and does it for fun, but she's actually not very good. So she was like the fifth person. Delia. Yeah, the, she was the sub. So Delia uh, and Delia. I don't know. She there was just some comment she made and I was like, oh, it's going to be her. Yep. (laughs) And so she's the sub and uh, Todd uh, is about he uh, rolls the first one and it makes the 710 split. And he's like, I don't know if I can do this. And Delia's like, I can do it for sure. I can do it. Yeah. And it kind of. um. I thought it like foreshadowed this with the basketball game because they have this like buzzer shot and they're like, just he's just like, just get the ball to me. Just get the ball to me. Right. And so it kind of shows his growth as a person that he's willing to finally be like, "Okay, Delia, you do the last bowl because she's like so determined. So what she does, she goes up there. She sticks her finger in one of the holes. Well, first she checks the wind. Yes, she checks the wind. Well, I don't know. Maybe she was just licking her finger to stick it in that she hole. She licks her finger and holds it up. <laughs> okay, you're yeah. right. And she sticks it in the hole. And she like spins the bowling ball a bunch of times till it's like really spinning. And then she just gently pushes it. And I timed this. Yeah, I was we curious. went we went back and watched it again so I could time it. It takes two minutes for the ball 
to get there. This is in real movie time that they show all of this. Even the pause, though? Well, except for the pause right before. Yeah. So in before the pause, it's a minute and 30 seconds that it takes the bowling ball to get over. And it's just showing shots of everybody like really intent looking at the ball. Like, is it going to fit? And then the people are staring. Yeah. And then and then right before it gets there, they pause. And after like an hour and a half of no narration, there's suddenly narration. I bet you're wondering if I uh, if this is going to win or not, if I wanted us to win. It was I did. I really did want us to win. And then it like unfreezes and it's two full minutes, which in movies is a long time. Well, right before that, Todd had that chat with dad being like, I want to do this for fun because dad's like, you got to bowl the last frame. You're the best. He's like, I'm not the best, dad. I'm good, but that's all I am. And you you just like me for my sports, not for me. <laughs> and so his dad comes and apologizes with his mom. And one final bowling montage that is really goofy. It's so goofy. And like in a good way. And yeah. that's the end of bowling bully cat strike. Yeah. So basically, yeah, Todd learns the sports can be fun, and Alex learns that, you know, he can try. I don't know what he learned. <laughs> Alex or Todd? Alex. Alex learned, yeah, it's okay to play for sport. Yeah. That's what he learned in that final narration, right? He's like, did I want to win? I did. That is just such a strange lesson. Don't you think? No, not for him. I knew, dude. But as an overall, okay, I want to teach a moral to my kid in a movie. Why why that one? Have you ever hung out with nerds? (laughs) I'm dead serious. I mean, you. We get that way, man. <laughs> I was watching Alex and I was like, oh my God, was this kid? Like there were things I was like, it's got to be pure. It's got to be stuff no one else likes, which mm. they're all obsessed with. You know, it's just a teenage thing to do. And I would talk to anybody to give me an ear about stuff they'd never heard about because I was just really, really into it. Okay. If you put it that way. And when, yeah, he's like, it's okay to win, you know, play for sport. I think that would have been a lesson even I could have learned, even though I was pretty competitive. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to be so unique. I mean, talking to the unique part of that, that sometimes I would look around at all the other girls and if they were all crossing their legs one way, I would do it the other way or like just stupid stuff. So yeah, I guess stuff a middle schooler would do. Yeah, no high schooler. <laughs> so I get it. But I don't know. It's just it's just a little strange to me. OK, well, there's the end of the movie. This one was really fun, and it was fun to talk about. Oh, I enjoyed talking just about a joy, that. Just a joy compared <laughs> to The Color of Friendship, which was just a downer. Yeah, it was an all right movie, but it was not Listen, I, This is what I want out of a decom. Yes, is Alec at Strike. It's Johnny Tsunami. It's Brink. Agreed. I want to have a good time. Yes. That is what these movies do exceptionally well. I don't want to be taught a, a real lesson about real racism. I want to learn about being competitive more. Yeah, I want to watch people bowl <laughs> and dance. So uh, what I'm tracking, there was nothing. There was no disapproving dad. Not at all. Well, maybe the tiniest bit, but I didn't think bit, I would count. That's not it. No. They were very supportive parents. Um, there was no single parent, although it felt like it. There was no kiss or romance, and there was no religion. Not based on a true story, but I don't even know if I should say that one every no, time because that's based so on rare. A true story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're now one school called Appleton Central. You can look it up. That's what they said they were going to name the school at the end. Why don't we just name it Appleton Central? Yeah. I mean, they didn't say that, but it felt that way. All right. Well, how about uh, where are they now? 
Alex, uh, he was played by Kyle Schmid, who has 51 credits. Um, and yeah, still a looker. Man, good looking guy. He's from Canada. He's best known for Copper, Six, Being Human, and A History of Violence. His last credit was in 2022. Sorry, 2021. So still acting. He was recently engaged to Katie Lotz, who plays the White Canary and like tons of dc stuff oh she's in like all the dc tv shows yeah like all of them (laughs) um and he runs a desk company how did you figure that out i couldn't find much else about him i was well i was trying to find interviews oh and yeah he started a desk company during the pandemic because he needed a good standing desk he couldn't find one oh interesting it's called live desk that's what he does huh okay well i didn't i didn't find that i'm glad you did Todd was played by Robert Richard or Ricard. I'm Richard. Not, I Richard. Oh, thank yep. you. Richard. He has 63 uh, credits. And again, another great looking guy. And there are many, many pictures of him shirtless on Instagram. So, <laughs> <laughs> And a fun actor. He's, oh, they're both so good. I loved him so much. Yeah. Robert Just Richard. The things he would say would be so cheesy if someone else said them. Like, he would say them and they would be good and fun. Okay. He's uh, known for Coach Carter. He's yep. one of the players. Um, House of Wax, one-on-one, uh, Cousin Skeeter. <laughs> That's the best one of the list. <laughs> I, I didn't was, know what that I was. I was wait. Okay, Cousin Skeeter was a show where, like, yeah, basically, like, my cousin came to live with me, but his cousin was a puppet, oh. and everybody else was what? real. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was on Nickelodeon, and it was so, I mean, Kid Me loved it. I gotta watch this. The that puppet sounds amazing. Was so ridiculous <laughs> and like over the top. And occasionally there'd be another puppet. There was a girl like looking skeeter puppet. And like I remember in the movie, they all like go to space. <laughs> and this is a fairly grounded-ish sitcom. Right? Like it's on Earth. Normal-ish things happen. It's it's like puppet silly, but never That's out funny. of this world silly. Yeah, it's fantastic. He has three upcoming projects, so he's still an actor. Um, last two were George Got Murdered and Queen of Hearts, both in 2022. Um, this is kind of just an interesting side bit. His girlfriend is a microbiologist who started this therapeutic natural oils company, and he it's called Elite Performance Mes- Medicine, and he helps to sell it and promote it. And like that's what I saw on a lot of his Instagram was a bunch wow. of that. And then, of course, I forgot I recorded over a family VHS with an episode of Cousin Skeeter. (laughs) How dare you? Yeah, with like Nader Ivy's birthday. They will never get that back. I know. That's horrible. Oh, I didn't know. I just stuck the tape in and hit record because like Cousin Skeeter's on. I want to record this. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, that's how much I liked Cousin Skeeter. All right. Uh, Elisa Bowers, of course, was one of our biggest actors so far is like. Kaylee Kuko, however you say your name. Kuko, Kuko, I don't know. Uh, so again, uh, most known for Big Bang Theory as Penny. She has 69 credits. Um, she was also in The Wedding Ringer. She was also a brat in the TV show Bratz. Right. She was Kirsty. I don't know why I thought that was so fun. I definitely watched, or my, my sister, sister watched it, mostly. Yeah. She's most recently playing Harley Quinn in the animated TV series. I didn't know that. Yeah. She's got the right voice for it. Yeah. Uh, and she's an avid tennis player. She was actually uh, nationally ranked for amateur. What in the world was I trying to say? She's nationally ranked. She's nationally ranked amateur. Amateur. I felt it so bad. That's okay. <laughs> and she's expecting right now. She's expecting a baby girl. 
I really quickly just did Delia. She only had 14 credits. Her name's Mimi Pally. She stopped in 2015. And Kin, which was the guy friend that was a bowler, is Joey Wilcott. He only had six credits and he stopped in 2003. So, well, you also forgot. Um, I have it down here, but the dad. Uh, well, was it, Tim I, Reed? it was getting to be a lot. So I just kind of skipped him. But tell me. Oh, man. He's like in all kinds. He's in so many stuff I grew up watching. He had like a hundred and some credits. Sister, sister is what most people would remember him for. Yeah. Well, which dad? He is the dad in Sister, Sister. No, oh, he's I mean, Todd's dad. Todd's dad. Okay. Uh, Tim Reed, I think well, is Well, both name. dads were in a ton of stuff. And then his mom, you know, when she came on screen, I was like, I know that mom. Yeah. I did know that mom. And I did guess it right. I just didn't say it out loud. It's Daphne Maxwell Reed. She's the second Aunt Vivian on Fresh Prince. Oh, okay. Which I watched like every episode of multiple times growing up. Cool. Okay. Yeah. What are our Disney connections? All right. So we have the same director as Genius, Rod Daniel, which that episode just came out last Tuesday. So just shows you how far ahead we are. Uh, it was written by Greg Pincus, who wrote Quince. Kyle Schmid. He's Derek. In the Cheetah Girls, he's Alex in this. Yeah, that came up a lot when I was looking him up. Robert Richard, I just put Gus Skeeter. <laughs> Tim Reed, okay, I write it down. Yeah, he's Larry Pendragon in You Wish. Very minor character, but huh. he's you'll he speaks. So. so he's so this dad, he's in a bunch. He's just in one other decom. Oh, yeah. just sister, sister. And then we have um, David Real, who was Baron McKay, which I wasn't sure who that was. Either. He's a kid. He's a schoolyard boy in True Confessions. Just a deep, <laughs> deep dive. Okay. Laura Vandervoot, who played Lauren the Popular Girl, is the main lead in Mom's Got a Date oh. with a Vampire. She's Chelsea. Yeah. So her she's and Kaylee Kuko looked exactly alike. It was so confusing. I thought they were the same person. And then Bill Lake, who played Whipsaw McGraw, the, or Whipshaw McGraw, the bowler coach, whatever. He's Officer Rados in 17 again. Not a decom, but everyone thinks it is, so kind of count it i mean literally everyone thinks that's a decom not I, the i never thought that it's the one with the uh maori siblings oh yeah it came out in 2000 not the one with that guy right that came out gotcha. later uh bill elliott he wrote the original songs for this and phantom of the megaplex and he arranged a ton of disney movie sequels so aladdin 2 <laughs> bambi 2 kronk's new groove and aladdin and the king of thieves he's like second tier composer <laughs> uh this was a great one robert benison the director of photography he did genius and 21 Christmas movies. Wow. They were all like Hallmark looking. It was like the they director just, of this? No, director of photography. Oh. So like he's the one doing the color grading and making sure cameras well, are lined up. And, yeah. Several actors were in Christmas movies. A lot of these actors were in Christmas movies and Goosebumps. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. Goosebumps was shot in Canada and so was this. Oh, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Robert Saunders, he was the editor on Genius and this. Michael Mullins, he was the set director. This is pretty... We need to pay attention to this. He did Phantom of the Megaplex, Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire, and The Color of Friendship. So when I saw the jazz cup again, I was like, ah. He, he loves just, jazz he cups. He just grabbed more jazz cups. <laughs> uh, Lynn Miley was the production manager on Color Friendship. And I think I have almost a new record for number one. Gary Maroka, he did post-production on 20 DCOMs. Wow. From this to going to the mat. So this was his first one. Okay. Uh, our number one is still Don Shane, who's a producer of 21 DCOMs. He's not come back up since I think I initially found him. Oh. So that's our top two. That's crazy. Um, Elaine Alexander did the set wardrobe for Color Friendship. So again, the jazz cup that would have maybe played <laughs> into that. Jillian Smith, she did music on 16 DCOMs. 
Wow. Uh, Ring of Endless Light. And then Michael Fay, the uncredited music supervisor on Color of Friendship, Brink, This, and The Princess Diaries. <laughs> oh, okay. Important. Well, I do think it's interesting because whenever we thought about doing this, I was mostly thinking of actors and actresses because they kind of tend to be in more than one. But it's also, it's yeah, it's kind of like a, a whole product line. It's like these people work in this area of doing decoms. Well, they kept hiring the same production companies if they were in the same location, I've realized. Yeah. And so I'll pull up that production company and see how many decoms they've made. And it's like, oh, a lot. Oh, I see. And sometimes at the same time, they were working on more than one. Right. Makes sense. Uh, What I really loved, though, remember when they got to the school and I was like, is this the school from Billy Madison? It absolutely was. <laughs> Western Technical Commercial School. It is a very quintessential looking school building. And I have a new favorite thing that I'm going to try to deep dive for. Okay. This location is in another decom. Oh. Yep. Okay. It's in Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire. All right. So there we go. I, <laughs> I think I need to do those kind of location connections if I ever can. Because those are going to be the rarest ones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have some really interesting fun facts. Okay. Uh, quite a few. So this had, <laughs> this is my favorite thing I've ever found. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Tell me. This is, it had the longest plot summary of any movie on English Wikipedia for years. <laughs> and then it finally got cut down through edits. What? It was so prominent. There was a Slate article about it. Where they interviewed the writer to let him, or the screenwriter, Greg Pincus, to ask him what he thought about it. And so I'll read part of the article. Had you ever seen the Wikipedia article before? Nope. I'd never thought to look on Wikipedia for Alicad Strike. So it was new to me when your article came out. Is this the first time there's been an explosion of support from fans? No. And he talks about when they would show it and how people would brought it down. And then... um, and it was over 20,000 words. This is, and he said, if you still have an e-file of the script, ever. how many words are in it? It's around 20,000 words. And then. Wait, wait, wait. So oh. the Wikipedia page had 20,000 words? The plot summary. Just the plot summary. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite line in the longer Wikipedia version? I'd reacted as a proud author to this synopsis, I guess I'd say. As a result, I think my favorite line was, given his inability to convert any seven-tenths split from the past, Todd is distraught. Because truly, that's what the script spent time setting up and what the performance was going for. A bowling moment, a bad split, becomes the golden boy jocks. And the whole movie town's moment of crisis. That moment doesn't play right, the movie flops. So seeing it written with the detail more choice, yeah, that worked for me. 20,000 words is like the size of like a, a small book. This is the best part though. He got upset. The writer got upset that Wikipedia took it down. <laughs> um, Wait, so who wrote it? Wikipedia just, editors. Just some Wikipedia editor. Yeah, so you can go to, I think it's alicatstrike.com. <laughs> it's just alicatstrike.com. And the writer of the movie made this website to preserve this plot summary. Oh my God. And it's insanely long. It's like so many details. <laughs> who, who decided to sit down one day and like pick Rewrite this movie? The movie be and be like, bit for bit. Ah, no one's done the plot for this on Wikipedia and just make it their magnum opus. <laughs> Were they sitting there with the movie open? Like, all right. Todd Wait, what looks, happens next? And Todd looks to the left. What color shirt was he wearing? Yeah. Red. He's wearing a red shirt. <laughs> And then they asked him the shortest plot summary on Wikipedia is only seven words. If you had to summarize Alan Cat Strike in seven words, what would your synopsis be? But what is the shortest plot summary? I don't know. 
<laughs> the swing loving bowlers and jock join forces. Perfection. <laughs> <laughs> this movie was perfection. I also found an interview with Robert Richard. Oh. Who played Todd. Great. Phenomenal interview. It's on the Relunchables podcast. Love it. And he talks about making Cousin Skeeter, Coach Carter. <laughs> and um, he said he absolutely loved making this movie, that it was so much fun to make. It was made in 99. They flew him to Toronto to audition. Oh, wow. Literally, he flew there, stayed for a day, auditioned, and left. Okay. And um, he said two days later, they called him and said, yeah, we need you back in Toronto right, right now. Yeah. So he flew back like two days later. And he, they lived in Toronto for two months in a hotel. The whole cast, who was not local, lived in this one hotel. Oh, I love that. And so he said, Kyle and Laura, that's um, Alex and the, the pretty girl, they lived in Toronto. But everyone else lives in this hotel. And so Kaylee Cuoco was his neighbor at the hotel. Uh -huh. and so they talked every night for six to eight hours. Wow. And she would be like, hey, let's go in Toronto. Let's go ride bikes. Let's go do stuff. He said she was always just up to something. I'd be like, hey, okay. He says he got close with everyone and then he dated Laura. Oh. And so Laura's family invited him over for Easter. And they had their first kiss in her treehouse in the backyard. Oh my god. I mean, I think he'd had other kisses, but his first kiss with her. And oh. he said their family was just so kind, so incredible. <laughs> and he said, it could have been my significant other long term had I not left Toronto. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. Yeah, and he just he just gushed. Uh, I don't know if he I didn't listen to the whole interview of skimming because it's 30 minutes, yeah. but I want to go back and listen to all of it. It was so entertaining. There he is, this, is so funny. There is this one part in the movie where you could almost see him laughing at like Alex. They just I think that's why I liked it so much. They just looked like they were having so much fun the it's whole really movie. It's really clear. Yeah. Well, critical review did not agree. Boo. <laughs> IMDb, uh, it got a score of 6.0, so just a 6, which is not great. Um, Girly111112 said, well, in the early 2000s and late 90s, there were many great bowling movies, such as The Big Lebowski and Kingpin. <laughs> <laughs> Alley Cat Strike Strikes takes the cake. It's probably one of the best movies ever made about bowling. I give it a 10 out of 10 bowling pins down a strike. So not everyone agreed with that, of course, but um, it got a 52% on Rotten Tomatoes. So a splat there. It didn't Boo. even have any like actual critical review, like critic reviews. Yeah. But Michael or Mike W said this movie made me love bowling forever, which I love to hear. And Michael G said, taught me how to get a split, which I think he was joking because that is the most ridiculous way to get a split. <laughs> we all attempted it as kids. And I can tell you it didn't work. The ball just stops because you have to press it much harder than she did. Yeah, I kind of figured it would stop. But if I ever go bowling again, which I usually don't because I don't enjoy it, this movie did make me want to enjoy it. We went bowling but I will try it. <laughs> No, in high school, we were at the bowling alley all the time. We went skating a lot. Well, okay. There was a reason we went to the bowling alley. It was to play Yu-Gi-Oh. Because <laughs> like, they, they're cool at just letting you in without paying because there's like an arcade and other stuff to do. Right. And so you could just claim a table. And if we wanted to bowl, like one of us would bowl. But the rest would just be sitting there playing Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh -huh. And like other places weren't so welcoming and easy to get into. And so we just go there all the time. And our math teacher like made fun of us. He's like, is that code for Yu-Gi-Oh? Is that just because like, you know, he thought we like went there because it was a thing or that like we weren't telling our parents or I don't know. 
You just thought there was some other deal. And we're like, no, they just let us in. There's a picture. My first profile picture on Facebook is my friends and I at the bowling alley holding Yu-Gi-Oh oh, cards. Really wanna... We should post this on Instagram. Oh, for we, sure. Uh, if we find that picture. And we showed up and our buddy, uh, we called him Frazier is his last name. There he was bowling. <laughs> and he's like, oh, hey, you guys bowl. We're like, oh, no, we're here for Yu-Gi-Oh. And he played too. And he's like, oh, I wish I had my cards. <laughs> so, yeah, nerd. All right, well. We all were. It was awesome. I mean, I was too. Different ways. It was awesome. So our next movie that we'll be doing next time is Rip Girls. I think this one's a surfing movie. Rip Girls. Yeah. Okay. It's about two girls who are friends who surf and then they and then they they are not friends for a short time because of some conflict and then they become friends again. Genuinely don't remember what this one's. <laughs> About I've you seen were it. Probably like girl movie. Yeah, literally, <laughs> literally. No, I know I've seen it. I know I've watched all of it. I remember bits and pieces. Okay, but well, we'll see it this week. Okay, so what do you rate Alley Cat Strike? Oh, I forgot. Uh, eight. Just eight. I've never given an eight. Have you not? No. I feel like some movies can tie. You know, that's okay. No, I didn't say that. Uh, I'm just saying. Okay. Eight is really good for me. Yeah, it is. I'm saying it's above uh, Xenon. Yeah, definitely and above Xenon. Yeah, eight is really good. I might even, I'm going to give it an 8.5, actually, because I think it's really good. I love this movie. I was thinking about, yeah, maybe an 8.6, 8.7. So almost the same. I don't know if I'll keep doing this, but my sister Shannon also didn't grow up watching these, and she like has been watching the ones I highly recommend. So I'm giving this one a recommended to Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm knocking down Color Friendship to 8.2. Good. Um, not because it doesn't deserve that 8.8 <laughs> that I gave it. Okay, it deserves it. It's no. a good movie. It's just when I watch, this is what I want. I'm being this selfish here. This is what I want from these movies. That's why I got a 6.5 for me. I don't want to watch that. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I don't ever want to watch it again. And I don't want to hear the hard N word. In the middle of the movie. <laughs> All right, guys. Next time, Rip Girls talked about surfing yet again. Go bowling. Thanks for listening to DCOM Deep Dive. Be sure to check out the movie we talked about on Disney Plus or on YouTube or on Amazon. A lot of them are available for rental there. And be sure to follow us on social media where every single week, Krista edits our faces onto every DCOM poster. It's hilarious. Thanks for listening. 